This episode of the NRL Sunday Session Podcast is brought to you by Best and Less. Support your team in finals with NRL merchandise for spring and summer across the whole family, including polos, tees, tanks, caps and beach towels. Available now in selected stores and at bestandless.com.au. Welcome to another Sunday session on NRL.com. Finals week one is done and dusted. Also the opening round of the 2020 NRLW season. So good to have that back. Uh, Kenny Scott is away this week. Uh, Brad Walter, senior NRL.com journalist, is stepping in for Kenny. Brad, thank you for jumping in. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure, Chris. And now a very special privilege to welcome Maddie Studden, the halfback from the Dragons NRLW side. Maddie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So uh, let's get straight into it. Uh, before we sort of unpack the uh, the game yesterday, I guess um, it's been such a disrupted year and we didn't know if the, the competition was even going to get back underway uh, this year and, you know, so much change and so much movement. You must be you know, ecstatic um, regardless of the result just to, to be back playing some, some footy on TV. Yeah, for sure. Um, like, we didn't know whether it was going to be an NRLW competition at all for this year. So to actually have the comp up and running, um, it's been really exciting. Um, and a short preparation, but we're just so grateful for the NRL that um, they've worked so hard to be able to put the NRLW on. And, um, yeah, we're just so thankful that they have did that and we're on board. How has the um, the preparation been? We're still sort of hearing bits and pieces of club signing news, you know, players signing literally, a, you know, a week out from, from game starting. It must have been a very sort of frantic, condensed sort of preparation. Yeah, it's been a short preparation. Um, we've only really once come together last week as a full team because um, we had to wait for a couple of the Queensland girls to come in um, and train with us. But it's been short preparation, but we've been um, training really well and uh, just excited to be around a good culture and a good team. And um, we're very proud to be where we are and um, as a club. And um, we've got a lot of hard work to do. And yeah, we'll get back to drawing boards this week as well. We were asked on NRL.com, all of us, you know, supposed experts, uh, myself and Bradley um, included, to nominate which NRLW team we thought was the, the one to look out for this year. We both said the Dragons. We looked at that team with, you know, all the star-studded back line, the, the powerful centre pairing and, you know, Steph Hancock and Elsie Albert joining the, the forward pack, yourself at halfback, and um, obviously didn't quite get off to the, the start you wanted. Was it, you know, how did you make of the game and, you know, what's the, the talk been like with the coach and, and so on and the girls since? Yeah, well, it's still been positive. Um, obviously, um, this year is very different to any other year, and um, we've got a lot of key players, and um, that's the thing. Like we, we still got to match it together as a whole team, and um, we're still training and working on that, and it's not going to come out just overnight. And we know what we've got to do, and we're very positive, and um, we believe in each other that we can turn this week around and um, come out firing against the Broncos. But um, yeah, we've got trust in each other, and um, we just had a slow start, and. Um, obviously, there's a couple of areas in the game that didn't go our way, but um, we still there was still a lot of positives in the game as well. So we just got to take out. Brad, you're saying, uh, Maddie, you only had one training session. I think you had 11 new faces in the squad. It must be um, obviously it must be really hard for, for you guys to gel. Yeah, well, we had one week together as um, a training session, so we had three training sessions as a full team. Um, so it was quite hard to gel and like with our game plan. Um, to actually know what to do with all the new players and everything. They've done a great job with um, turning that over pretty quickly. So um, we're pretty we're happy how, how it all went with our short preparation. But, um, yeah, we, we'll work back this week and um, we'll, we'll work hard coming out on Saturday. So, yeah, we'll be fine and ready to go. We're excited. 
you, you also had a couple of injuries uh, yesterday. How's everyone pulled up? And obviously that was really disruptive to the team as well. Yeah, um, there's a bit of bumps and bruises and a couple of injuries and um, I think some HIA. But um, I think all the girls are uh, working real hard on recovery straight away. So um, we've got a good staff behind us and physios. So um, we'll look after ourselves this week and uh, we'll be ready to go. But yeah, there's, there's a bit of a rough game out there against the Roosters um, and we knew that was going to be coming. So it was good and obviously the quality... We've heard that the quality was good to watch as well. So that's the best thing for NRLW on the TV as well. Did it almost feel more, even more frantic again than, than last year? I know we've seen, you know, with the NRL season and all the, the new rules, it's been faster. But just with, I guess, the, the fitness of the girls, it felt, watching it, it felt more physical even compared to, to last year, which is obviously already a high quality. Yeah, definitely. The physicality was um, there and there's definitely a lot of big hits out there and, could hear it from um, the stadium, some people said. So physicality is there and um, it's great because obviously that's what we're trying to promote the game in a good way and get it out there and um, physical and uh, good to see in the game. But yeah, it's exciting because obviously, uh, oh, it's a bit different this year because of the preparation, but um, every individual player has worked hard on their individual goals and working for each other. So um, it's good to see for the NRLW still having a good quality out on the field. What's it like having Elsie Albert out there with you? I sort of I felt a few of those collisions. Yeah, I tell you, what, I'm glad she's on my team. That's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> but no, she's awesome. She's down to earth, chick, and um, just so glad um to be able to run out with her uh, yesterday for first PNG captain to actually in the NRLW. So very proud moment, and she did awesome. And yeah, I'm very happy to be on her side. That's for sure. You've got the Broncos next week. Um, they. They had a bit of a slow start, but they came back and beat the beat the Warriors, and they're the back-to-back champions. What are you expecting of that game? And did you did you get a chance to see any of it? Yeah, we got to see um, a little bit on the bus on the way home. Um, obviously, we're never going to take them for granted. Um, can't go easy on the Broncos. We know that they're premiers, and um, they no matter what they put together, they always come out strong together. So um, it's going to definitely be a hard battle against them. But we're we're going to go to training this week and prepare ourselves um, for the most important game of our career. So, yeah, we're ready. We'll be ready for them and um, hopefully get the win against them. But, yeah, they were, they were really good. They had a bit of a slow start against the Warriors, but um, they came together as a team and they just worked for each other. So that's their spirit in their, their, their club. So we know they're never going to back down. So we've got to be prepared. What did you make of having the... Um... The, the rugby sevens girls in the, the competition. I thought um, Charlotte Kaslik probably hit the ground running a bit quicker than even I thought she was going to playing in the halves or um, switching between halves and centers for the Roosters. And obviously Elia Green made a big impact um, for the Warriors. And there are a couple of others who went pretty well. What was your take on all that? Yeah, no, they all did um, did their jobs and did well. So um, good to see her. They would have had that much pressure on them and um, would have been a lot of nerves as we're putting, most of us were putting ourselves in their shoes. But no, they did their best there. In their jobs and roles, so um, yeah, all the best to them for the rest of the uh, NRLW feature, future, and um, it's good to see um, everyone just enjoying the game as well and um, getting amongst the rivalry clubs as well. Sure. Brad touched on the injuries earlier. Have you seen uh, Jess Sergis uh, today or, or Kezi, who obviously had the, the head knocks? No, I haven't seen any of the girls, um, so I'm sure they're, they're doing their own recovery and making sure they're right and um, they'll be ready to go on the on the weekend. But um, they're in the best hands with our physios and um, with our club and stuff. So, yeah, they'll, they'll be ready to go, I'm sure. 
just before we uh, let you go, obviously Brad said uh, mentioned going into the Broncos next week. They are impressive. What's again? It's you know going to be a fairly limited preparation, but what's the main thing for you guys this week to to make sure that you're you know to your best next week? Well, I think we just got to come together as a team and um, really just put together after a hard start. But um, with the coaching staff we have, I know we, we trust the process and we're going to do our best job. And um, we just all got to really play for each other and go out there and individually do all our roles right and um, play our best footy. But, yeah, we're not going to think too much ahead right now. We're just going to focus on um, training on Tuesday and doing all the 1% is what the coaching, coaching staff want us to do. Oh, no, we're all delighted to have the NRLW back and very relieved that it is back. Thank you so much for joining us on the Sunday Session podcast on NRL.com and uh, good luck for next week. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. So thanks again to Maddie for joining us. Myself and Brad will wind back through the rest of the NRL finals and the other NRLW game. We'll start off with the game that just finished, um, South 46, Knights 20. Um, probably not too much to, to say about this one, really, Brad. The, the Knights got off to a, a quick start. The you know, the Rabbitohs are making plenty of errors and giving them plenty of chances. But, um, you know, like they sort of, a little bit like they did last week against the Roosters, they turned the tide and then they were just pretty much unstoppable. Oh, yeah, I think I think it was a very similar sort of performance, wasn't it? They, uh, yeah, they, they just uh, had to settle into the game. And once they got into their rhythm, um, you know, their halves controlled the, the match really well. Their forward pack got on top and, uh, you know, and their outside backs um, finished off and scored the points. And they've just got, South's got strike right across the board. Um, you know, Cody Walker, as we know, is playing really good football, and so is Adam Reynolds. Um, they just look, uh, I suppose, they look confident, um, and you know, they're, they're they're really like they're entertaining to watch, aren't they? They've scored over a hundred yeah. points now in two games. First, the the most points in two games since. In over 100 years, I think I just saw on uh, on social somewhere. So, yeah, they're red hot in terms of their attack. In terms of Newcastle, would you say um, – I, I didn't have them in my eight pre-season. Would you say a, a seventh-place finish, their first finals appearance in seven years and then bundled out first week is, you know, a pass mark? Or, or how do you place them? Yeah, I think I think you'd call it a pass mark. Um, they're probably a fringe. You know, I'm not sure if I had them in my top eight, but um, they would be, you know, around about eighth spot is probably where I would have put um, you know, eighth or ninth spot. So it was a bit of an unknown with Adam O'Brien coming in in his first season. As coach, I think he's done a really good job. I think they are building. Um, I think it's fantastic to see them, um, you know, to see the Knights do well. Um, as seven years is a long time for a really proud club like the Newcastle Knights. And they've got a, um, you know, that, what they did do this year was they, they, they won games at home. They won the majority of their games at home and they sort of turned um, their stadium there into a fortress, you know, and, that was without the crowds that Newcastle would normally get. So hopefully next year we'll be back to, you know, business as usual and they'll be able to pack that stadium out every week, get behind their team. They've signed Tyson Frizzell. So he's a great addition um, to the side that they've already got. And I just, I feel like that they are building, they're heading in the right direction. And, you know, they, I would expect them to be higher than seventh place next year. I'd be thinking that they need to be aiming to be a top four team. What about South? They go to, to Bankwest for a semi-final against the Eels next weekend. They, they played the Eels there not too long ago and won 38 points to nil. So the, the ground and the opponent holds no fears for them. They brushed off all the headlines around Sam Burgess to, to really sort of hit their straps in that Knights game. Are you, um, what would you put their chances of, of making it through to a prelim? Well, they're not going to be lacking for confidence, are they? And even if they're, they're down by you know, 10 or 14 points early in the game, they're going to back themselves to come back. They've done it against the Roosters and they've done it against the Knights. So I don't think Parramatta uh, will hold any fear for them. They probably, probably no team's going to hold any fear for, fear for them, at, them at the moment. 
Um, and they're a team that probably people had written off um, before that win against the Roosters. I mean, let's go back three weeks. They were beaten by the Bulldogs. Um, you know, yeah. they've bounced back from that to thrash the Roosters and to thrash Newcastle today in a finals, sudden death finals game. So, um, you know, I, I give Souths, yeah, every hope against Parramatta. And if they get past that game, I'd give them every hope in the next game too, because I just believe that they'll continue to build with confidence. And, you know, let's face it, the coach by Wayne Bennett, he's done this, he's won the premiership seven times before. So um, he knows how to get teams firing at this time of the year. The form of Cody Walker, truly remarkable, particularly the, the second half of the season. Um, we'll talk probably more about Origin in the coming weeks, but um, in, in terms of naming a you know a larger extended squad, you'd have to think Brad Fittler would be looking very closely at Cody Walker being one of those sort of 27 or so players. Well, there's no doubt that he is. And even going back a couple of weeks ago, um, I was told that Cody Walker's name was in the frame for one of the playmaking positions, not necessarily to start, but as... but in the extended 27-man squad that they're going to, um, that they are going to select, that he probably is the third choice behind uh, Nathan Cleary and Luke Keary. So um, he might have even jumped ahead of um, Luke Keary or he may well do before the season's out. Speaking of um, the Eels, we were just before they played on Saturday night, went down to the Storm, started well. They were playing the sort of game I think they had to play if they were going to try and upset the Storm up there, which was um, off the cuff, throwing the ball around, high energy, you know, very, um, you know, fast and aggressive. And it, it worked early, but um, as the game went on and the Storm sort of, uh, sort of recaptured their, you know, decision-making and got back on track, the, um, the Eels' edges just got dismantled. Yeah, but I mean, like, nobody would expect, in, even in a run-of-the-mill game, let alone a finals game, to lose two wingers and two mm. wingers in the class of Mika Sivo and, um, and Blake Ferguson. And I thought that was just a massive blow uh, for the Eels. They had to reshuffle their back line. Um, you know, yeah, that's to lose one winger, one top-line winger like that, was obviously a huge blow. And when Sivo went off, they were uh, targeted defensively by the Storm, who were you know, brilliant at doing that, picking a weakness in the team and really attacking it. Um, and then when they lost Ferguson, it was like, you know, it was just a bunch, it was 13 players out there just playing football, not necessarily playing in positions or certainly the structure went away. And they, I thought they still stuck to the task. They really had a go, but, um, you know, that I just, yeah, they just weren't good enough. Melbourne, Melbourne were too good. However you want to want to look at it, Melbourne, you know, is that the, the seventh time that Melbourne have got to within one, uh, you know, to the game before the grand final in the last decade. I think I, I heard that that stat mentioned as well. So, you know, Melbourne... Six in a row, had, I think. Six pretty in a row. Yeah, Melbourne know how to win finals matches, don't they? And, uh, you know, so if you make mistakes or you get in a position where, you know, your structure's gone because you've had a couple of injuries, they'll take advantage and that's what they did. I think they're now 8-0 and in finals games against the Eels all time as well, dating back to 1999. Um, so pretty dominant there. Um, when you talk about the Storm, they obviously get a, a week off, which is going to be critical for them given that uh, Cameron Munster hobbled off with a, a tweak of that MCL. The, the club um, reasonably confident that he's only going to sort of miss you know next week when they're not playing so I'll be back um, for that prelim wherever they end up playing against um, the fact that the Eels were able to score 24 points they you know they were a bit rattled early a little bit unstorm like in terms of their defense but um, obviously still got the job done in the end how do you place them looking forward to the prelim oh look they are you know they're, they're, they're capable of winning this competition aren't they they're, they're absolute um you know premiership contenders um I would imagine that the, the, the winner of Parramatta and Souths is going to have a really um, 
tall ask when they come up against the Melbourne Storm. Um, they're going to be playing up at Suncorp again. They've just got such a good finals record. They know how to win those games. Um, you know, Cameron Smith leads them around the park. Uh, Cameron Munster, is a, he was on fire before he got injured. Um, you know, that Pappenhaus, and they've got so much um, strike in that team. Justin Ollum, what an absolute beast in defence, uh, as well as with the ball. Yeah, um, yeah look, they're, they're going to be... It's, it's really hard to see them not making the grand final, but, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that they're... The, the other teams are just, um, you know, making up the numbers next week or go, going around for the fun of it. But yeah, I, I see that. Yeah, I said Melbourne Storm. Um, you know, they're, they're the team to beat on that side of the draw. I think the Storm will get the Roosters or the Raiders, um, the Eels South when it goes on to play Penrith. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a tough ask. That that Storm Roosters um, prelim, if that's what it ends up being, will certainly be a cracker. Um, Eels looking forward to next week. I know we just talked about South. We're going to be their opponent. Mike Acevo definitely out. You'd think George Jennings comes in on a wing. Uh, Blake Ferguson racing the clock. I would imagine probably Brad Takarangi at centre and Monga Blake out to a wing um, would be the solution. But if, if they're missing both wingers, and that's a, a massive drama uh, going into a game against a team that had their measure well and truly last time they faced them. You, you just can't replace players of that calibre. And, um, you know, and South's have got a lot of strike on their edges as well. So, do, you know, it's defensively um, where, where it is a real issue for, for teams when they lose wingers. And wingers are so vital these days, you know, the role they do in defence and I suppose the role they also do in terms of, um, you know, scoring those freakish tries and getting up for kicks and those sort of things. So, um, you know, I suppose, you know, the Parramatta can probably um, say thanks to the Warriors for, for uh, the fact that Jennings um, got some matches with the Warriors yeah. this season. He's had a bit of game time and he'll... he'll He'll come in probably full of confidence and, and um, you know, looking for the opportunity. That'll be great. But, um, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be really difficult if both Sevo um, and Ferguson are out. That's just – that affects them on both edges of the, of the park. Yeah, that would be a huge hurdle. The earliest Saturday game, the Raiders and the Sharks, um, like – just about every other game or every other NRL game on the weekend, the um, the team that lost the match was out to an early lead. The Sharks uh, started very strongly, probably arguably their, their best uh, half of football all season. Um, a stat that was very widely shared around through the week. They hadn't beaten a top eight team all year. Um, and so it remained going out to the, the Raiders eventually. The Raiders, once they clicked into gear and, and Jack White and asserted himself on the game, they um, they looked very uh, dominant. Yeah, Um Again, I think, you know, Cronulla had nothing to, to lose when this game with that sort of, the, the attitude that, you know, and that everyone was writing them off. It was backs against a wall. Um, they, yeah, they got out to a 14-6 lead, uh, I think it was. Um, and then to lose um, Blake Braley, that was a huge blow. And I think, yeah, I think you could see in their body language, they knew that, um, you know, they're already without Sean Johnson. And then, yeah, as I said, to lose Braley, I think, I think they pretty much knew, uh, particularly after half time, that it was, they were really up against it and it was going to be a struggle. They just didn't seem the same team. They weren't playing with confidence in the second half and uh, and Canberra just absolutely rolled over the top of them. But, you know, Canberra stepped up a gear too. And, um, yeah, Williams and Whiten were fantastic in the halves. That intercept right before half time was the, the killer blow. I think if Sharks had been up 14-6 or something, if they'd held that through to half time, then then maybe. But that, uh, that long-range try really took the air out of them. And probably when they went in the dressing shed and saw Braley on crutches as well and, thought, you know, yeah, we, we, we got off to a great lead and now things are turning against us. And, um, yeah, I just, look, you know, Cronulla, we all knew that they were, um, you know, they probably well, they weren't expected to win that game. Um, they went down there and gave it a good shot. Uh, it was a big blow losing Johnson, wasn't it, not to have, have him um, for the finals. Yeah. Um, you know, that, you know, not many teams can, 
can uh, can come back from losing their star playmaker and their the key playmaker. I thought um, Chad Townsend did a really really good job um, after a suspension, come back in. But um, yeah, to lose Braley, I just think you know their spine was was it was in all sorts. And with no recognised dummy half at all elsewhere in the squad to really cover for it. They were using Scott Sorensen, but um, yeah, it was certainly a tall order once Braley went off. Friday night footy, the Panthers 29, the Roosters 28. If you just saw the score, you would have no idea of the drama and the momentum swings that were contained therein. This was match of the weekend for me and just absolutely wild from start to finish. All right, this would be close to match of the season. Just the... Um you know, what was at stake, the intensity. There's been some really good um, games this year, but um, this was, you know, the start of the finals campaign. And, you know, and the, and the Roosters coming off that 60-8 loss to, to Souths and they got out to a 10-0 lead and they they looked like, I suppose, the Roosters that we all thought, uh, you know, that, that, we, that we all know that they can be that have won the premiership the last two years. And then Penrith came back at them and Penrith played like they had for all of this season, scored 28 unanswered points. Um, they kind of looked nervous early, but once they got their mojo back, they 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 were uh, you know they were just tracking. You thought how, the Roosters could be uh, headed for another thrashing here, but um, but then they dug their way back into the game and made a real contest of it. We've all talked so much about the growth in, in Nathan Cleary this year, stepping up without James Maloney, the, the confidence, the, the ball playing, the, the controlling the pace of the game, but um, probably not enough credit given to Jerome Luai, who I think is, he's in the top two for Cody, with Cody Walker for try involvements, tries and try assists added together. He's been absolutely superb, marshalling that left edge and feeding Kikau and Crichton um, pretty much all season. Yeah, and that left edge, that's the turning point in that game for me, and it happened reasonably early, was... Um, um, you know, the Roosters were leading 10-0. Penrith looked nervous, and they admit they were nervous with so many, um, you know, players who hadn't played finals before. Um, Toho put down a, a kick, and and the Roosters were in great position, and they could have gone to, you know, you thought, oh, geez, they could go to 16-0 here. And then that uh, the players on that left edge there, I think it was it was definitely Luai, uh, I think it was Crichton and uh, Mansour, yeah. and they tackled Brett Morris into touch, and then Mansour scored on the on the uh, the end of that set of six when they went up the other end of the field. And um, you, know, you can just see that you could see actually the way the players got around Crichton and Mansour after they made that tackle. And you could see that they knew what a big play that was was for them. Uh, and then they went down the other end and uh, I think Luai and Kikau combined to put uh, Mansour over for the try. And, and they just absolutely lifted Penrith. They scored 28 unanswered points. Uh, and, and they, I suppose you could, yeah, you could see that they were nervous and uh, Nathan Cleary admitted after the game that he'd been really nervous and he is one of the sort of players with big game experience. But, um, you know, yeah, once they got a try, they seemed to settle down and they, uh, you know, they really played like they have played all season. Obviously can't uh, stop talking about this game without talking about the finish to the game. Nathan Cleary iced that absolutely clutch field goal, 29-22, seven-point lead with about two two and a half minutes to go. It looked like it was all over. Roosters go for the short kickoff and then uh, just a moment of madness. Yeah. Um, well, I think, again, that the nerves came into play. Penrith hadn't been putting that... They hadn't been in that situation all season, you know, where uh, where a game had been so close. They they pretty much dominated, uh, you know, um, every match. Uh, certainly, well, what was that 16th win in a row? So it had been a long time since they'd been in that position. And I think... Um, uh, just when the Roosters were coming back at them, that um, you know Penrith panicked a, a little bit and players made um, some uncustomary mistakes. And I do agree with Trent Robinson that if the game had gone on for another you know five minutes, the Roosters probably would have got them. I think. Mm. 
Yeah, it was an absolute uh, nail-biter. Crichton scored straight after that, and uh, Penrith had to endure the better part of 90 seconds with um, Roosters having a, a long-range field goal attempt dropped just short to hand Penrith the win. Looking ahead to next week, um, Roosters now, they would have been really hoping for the uh, the week off there. How do you rate their chances heading into the um, the, the semi against Canberra? They get to host it at the SCG where they're very good, although Canberra did beat them at that ground um, earlier in the year. Um, I think that the Roosters will re- will really be hoping that Jake Friend's going to be available to play. I think they they missed him the other night. I, th- I think I think that was pretty noticeable. They missed his experience around the ruck, um, and I also think Sonny Bill Williams will um, just give them a bit of a bit of X factor, I suppose, but also some big game experience. Not that they're lacking big game experience, but you know he's a guy that will just settle them down because um, you know when Penrith put those twenty eight unanswered points on them, there's no doubt in the minds that, that the that Roosters players were thinking, "Here we go again," um, mm. and. You know, if 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 they'd lost that game by a big score, I think we'd we'd be definitely just putting a line through the roosters and saying, you know, unfortunately, you know, their 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 era is over. But that's not the case. They fought their way back in. They could have won that game. Um, and you know, I think if they got everyone fit and uh, and healthy, they'll be yeah, they'll give themselves every chance of beating the Raiders. They'll, you know, the Raiders are going to have to um, go up to uh, to the SCG and. And you know, and do the job of beating, beating the Roosters. It's it's going to be it's going to be a gripping match, isn't it? The grand mm. final replay. Going to be so many storylines coming out of it. Um, some big matchups. Oh, I'm I'm really excited and looking forward to it. Penrith a week off, then they host the winner of Parramatta versus South Sydney. Uh, could be without Billy Army Kikau as he heads to the judiciary to challenge a um, a lifting charge. He wouldn't be facing a ban for it, except he still has carryovers um, from a Grade Two charge in in Round 15. Um, they're definitely headed to the judiciary. But uh, how do you sort of rate their chances after a week off? Oh, oh yeah, rate them really well to get through that game, uh, and particularly to to fight their way back from 10 nil down. Um, dominate the match the way they did and then to hang on to win it when the Roosters were coming back at them. Um, I think that, yeah, I think that confirmed that they are the team to beat this year. They are the, you know, they're the minor premiers. They've won 16 in a row. Um, They got over their nerves and they got the job done the other night. And besides the judiciary issue with kickout, you know, they've come through that match unscathed. Absolutely. We'll wrap up by finishing about the uh, NRLW. It was fantastic to have it back. I had a cracking day on Saturday with four games back-to-back-to-back to, back to, back to watch. Um, it won't spend too long on the Roosters and Dragons because we obviously went through that with Maddie uh, earlier, but uh, probably didn't talk too much about the Roosters who, um, under new coach Jamie Feeney, I thought were uh, really, really impressive with uh, not as many big names as the uh, the Dragons team had. Yeah, and I think, um, well, look, Jamie Feeney's, uh, you know, he's... he's um, the assistant coach for the Gillaroos. He's um he's an ex- experienced coach at like at that level, um and I think he you know yeah he, he sort of brought something to the Roosters. They just looked a different type of team than um, what we've seen in previous seasons. Um, again, their preparation wouldn't have been great, but I think you know Jamie would have known how to get them up for that game. I think also that there's now a real awareness amongst the, the NRLW teams of what the other teams have to offer and. Um, you know, how to counter, counter that. And I think they, they were really prepared for the Dragons. Um, Jamie Feeney knows, um, you know, all the players, in, you know, the elite female players. He knows what they have to offer. And uh, I think he came up with a really good game plan. 
I thought um, <clears throat> Charlotte Kaslik, obviously a, an outstanding athlete, uh, a gold medalist in, in rugby sevens. Um, playing in the halves, I, I just had a question mark over how quickly she could get used to the, the systems of a, a short preparation. Um, but she was fantastic, just sort of picked her moments and focused on a running game and let Zahara Tamara sort of take control of the team. And, and she was phenomenal. Yeah, well, I mean, she's obviously an elite. Um, athlete, she's played in you know in in great in good teams, and she's played in um, big occasions before. And um, yeah, she probably you know she didn't overplay her hand. I think that was probably um, key. You know, there might would have been a, a lot of pressure on her. There were a lot of people watching her, um, but she didn't play her, overplay her hand. She just um, settled into the structure of the team, and I think that's probably um, you know that, that's a real credit to her, and that's one of the sort of pleasing things, or that's one of the things that Jamie Feeney would be really pleased with. I thought Hannah Southwell also a lot close to the best on ground. Um, absolutely uh, unbelievable in defence and, and dangerous with the ball as well. Had a, a terrific game. Um, in the other game, the Broncos 28, the Warriors 14. Theme of the weekend, Warriors out to uh, an early lead before uh, Broncos hit their straps and uh, and pin them back. Yeah, and again, I think, you know, the the probably the Broncos are more familiar with, you know, with the, the players in their team. Uh, they've got the same coach. Um, you know, it's, it's been a really difficult assignment for the Warriors, just like it was with the, their men's team. You know, players come over from New Zealand. Uh, they pick up players from other teams, um, you know, try to mould a team together. Don't get many training sessions, as as Maddie pointed out earlier. You know, just a, a few training sessions together and then they get thrown out there and um, they started off like, they look great when they started the game off, but you know the Broncos. Um, you know, as I said, they're more familiar with each each other. They settled into the game and, and they just finished too strong. Talking of the rugby sevens players, that left edge for the Warriors with Pelletier and uh, Elliot Green uh, looked really, really dangerous. And Elliot Green, not just in attack where we expected it to be good on the wing, but uh, had some huge hits in defence and some good chases as well. Yeah, no, obviously a cl- really class athlete, and um, you know. It's. I think it's. It's a credit to the NRLW, but it, and it's also. Um. It's. It's going to be something to keep watching this season. The 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 rugby sevens players and the rugby union players that have come across. I think there's. Uh. You know. There's probably ten or twelve. Um. Across the the teams. They didn't all play on the weekend, but I'm sure we're going to see. Um. See some more of them in in coming weeks. And uh, Tamika Upton at fullback. Some eyebrows were raised uh, when she was selected ahead of Chelsea Baker at the back uh, towards the end of last year. But um, just turning into an out-and-out superstar, a first-half hat-trick and a huge handful. Yeah, yeah. Look, and that's why she um, that's why she was selected ahead of Chelsea there at the back end of last year because you know the coaches can see what she's got to offer and um, and we're now starting to see it. And she obviously would have got a great shot of confidence from from that selection. Um, and yeah, look, there's Jesus, some good fullbacks and uh, around in the NRLW, just like there are in the NRL, and um, and she's obviously one of them. Obviously, some injury concerns uh, across the competition. The, the Dragons, you touched on with Maddie at the, the top of the podcast, but uh, Jess Sergis, a rolled ankle, still waiting to see how bad she is. Uh, Kezi Apps off and, and failed an HIA after a head knock. Hope she's uh, not too bad. Bovetti Welsh, the, the Roosters fullback, um, went off pretty early with a hamstring strain. Not sure how bad that is, but uh, hopefully doesn't end her season. And then uh, Racy McGregor for the Broncos, concerning scenes there. The game was held up for some time as she was uh, stretched off and put in a, a neck brace again. Um, Hopefully she's not too bad. Yeah, I'd like to, I hope that they're all um, they're all able to play. It's a really short season, so it's it must be such a blow for um, you know for a player to get an injury that you know if it's a two week injury that could be their could be their season as we saw happen last year. So um, yeah, hopefully all those players are 
um, are able to play next week. No doubt they'll do whatever they they um, can to, to get on the field. It's a bit like, um, well, it is. It's, it is virtually a, a final series campaign. So, you know, every game could be your last. And, and I suppose that's the attitude that the, the, uh, the girls will be playing with. Absolutely. Well, it's all we've got time for. Fantastic opening round of the NRL finals, a fantastic opening round of the 2020 NRLW as well. Brad, thank you for stepping in. Uh, and thank you to everyone for listening. We'll be back uh, with another Sunday session next week.